0: Welcome to Exploring Missions,
2: connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs, across the world or
0: across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Today on Exploring Missions, we're looking at missions from, I would say, a different point of view. What I'm saying is the price and the cost of being missional. Uh, We want it to be easy. We want it to be smooth sailing. Uh, but when you look at Paul's life as a missionary, it was everything but easy. He gives a list of all the things that, that he went through to the Corinthians, mm-hmm. beatings, uh, shipwrecked, you know, stripes, yep. executed, left for dead, stoned. Even got snake bit there. Got snake the bit. He did. And so we, when we say mission, sometimes we get a little bit, uh, it is adventurous, It. Uh, glorified a little bit. But Paul, when you look at Paul and his missionary effort, there was a price to pay. This is Bert Harper, and our co-host is Nathan Harper. Nathan, thank you for being with us. It's great to be here. And this is a little bit different than uh, any of the programs that we've done. We pray that it will be beneficial to you this weekend and as you attend church, as you worship, as you serve. And we have a guest with us today, and he's connected here. And if he starts speaking, some of you would probably recognize his voice at the top of the hours. Many times we hear some news reports from Chris Woodward. Chris, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here. Well, I'm glad you're here. And I asked you this, you know, a few days ago. I had the idea, I wanted to talk about the cost of missions Mm -hmm. for you, and I'd heard you do this before, so it wasn't like it was something asking you to do that you'd never do. Report on the difficulties around the world uh, concerning Christians and the suffering that they're going through, and you say, well, that's not necessarily connected with missions. If you're a believer, you're a missionary. Mm -hmm. I, I know some churches, matter of fact, when you join that church, they print you up a card. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> As a missionary of that church, to to be a member of that church, mm-hmm. you have to be a missionary for, for that church for sure. the gospel. And so, all of us are. Matter of fact, witness means martyr in the Greek. So we're talking about some issues today that I hope will cause two things to happen: prayerfully pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are truly suffering for Christ, mm-hmm. and overcoming the barriers that is hindering the gospel to go in certain areas. Those are our goals, Nathan. I think those are worthy goals. Amen. I mean, we need to uh, remember those of our
2: brothers and sisters who are in chains. uh, I think in the book of Hebrews it says that literally those that are in prison for their faith or those that are suffering under oppression oppression of some kind and persecution, uh, we need to remember them and, and through prayer. Sometimes through giving and even taking certain
0: action, uh, we, can, we can do that. And so, Chris, we ask you to give us some reports mm-hmm. of the persecution that's taken place uh, throughout the world recently. And we can always remember way back the five missionaries that died in Ecuador right, back yeah. in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what happened because of that persecution mm-hmm. and their death? Guess what happened to mission effort? It did not go down. It exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, people said, "If those kind of men would give their lives for Christ, we can too." And and so the mission effort exploded. And we've heard that about the blood, you know, of the saints. And and we are we are yeah, the seed of the church. Is the seed of the church. Yep. There's that doesn't mean we go out and we say, "Oh boy, I'm being persecuted." Oh boy, persecution is coming to us. I don't believe the Bible even has that hint, and I I reject that. But I do know that it's real, and even if it's real, we do what the Apostle Paul did, we did what those five missionaries do, and push forward, even in, if it cost us our lives. Mm-hmm. But update us a little bit about persecution that's going around in the oh, world. Oh, sure. One of the organizations
1: that tracks this specifically,
0: and there are several, but
1: one of the ones that we use frequently at onenewsnow.com is Open Doors. They track um, all the countries that persecute Christians worldwide, those that do it more so than others. Uh, the, The latest list for 2018 finds the top 10 countries where it's most dangerous to follow Jesus are North Korea, number one, followed by Afghanistan, Somalia, Sudan, Pakistan, Eritrea, Libya, Iraq, Yemen, and Iran. Most of those countries I just said there are predominantly Islamic. North Korea is largely atheist. But, Those are the countries where it is most dangerous to follow Jesus. Now, praise God, there are people in those countries that, despite what their government is saying, do follow Jesus. They have underground churches, but it's very, very difficult there. It's hard to get missionaries to and from. And we at American Family Radio have worked really hard over the years, and I'm proud of being part of these efforts, to try to spread the gospel, to provide those people some encouragement and things of that going forward, because it is difficult to live and operate as a Christian, but people are, and we need to find ways to support their efforts.
0: Nathan, when he was given that list, I could not help but think of the five years you spent in Clarkston, Georgia, and a lot of those countries, you know people from those countries that came, uh, you know.
2: Everyone, all 10 of those countries, I either know someone on the field in that country right now or someone actually from that country in America right now either have experienced persecution or having to deal with it on a daily basis in the country. So yours is not just knowledge of, but yours is knowing them. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to hear stories. And uh, I can't even try to repeat them, mainly because they're, they're so hard to hear. Um, but, um, I mean, th- th- we do, all of us, as followers of mm-hmm. Jesus, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a responsibility toward the rest of our brothers and sisters who are in countries like this that are facing persecution. And, uh, you know, it starts with prayer. Sometimes there are more things we could do. Sometimes there's nothing else we can do except through prayer. But to be aware of this is super important.
0: You know, uh, recently, uh, even in North Korea especially, we've had some or two released uh, praise the Lord for that pressure, political pr- pressure put on them as much as can be. Right. I praise God for that, that we would have a State Department. Mm-hmm. And our Secretary of State is a Christian. That's that's great. And you can hear him. He spoke recently mm-hmm. at, at the issue of the persecuted church around America. He he and our Vice President both spoke and shared about what their heart's desire was, was to give relief for these Mm -hmm. Christians who are in these countries. And when you get relief for them, guess what happens? The possibility of an unhindered gospel grows. And and so you got double, Mm -hmm. you you get double with that, Chris, you get these who are not suffering as much, but you also get the freedom of the gospel to be shared a little bit more. So it's a, would you say it was compounded that way, Nathan, if that does happen?
2: Yeah, I'll say so. And, uh, But at the same time, it's really amazing to see how God is, even in the middle of persecution, is working uh, to grow his church and to see new disciples being made. So
0: the power of the gospel over all barriers, uh, we do exploring the word, Mm -hmm. and we've recently gone through the book of Acts, and one of the themes of the book of Acts is the triumph of the gospel over all barriers, and that includes religious persecution and governmental persecution, Mm -hmm. because you see both of them in the book of Acts. So when you see these countries uh, going through that, and it gets at open doors, you can do that. Mm -hmm. I think you should put them on their prayer list, Chris. Oh, sure. And
1: something else we should pray about are the Christian women, because open doors found this, too. The most vulnerable population in the world is Christian women when it comes to persecution. And I think that's often lost. We, we get lost in maybe the, the rankings of the countries, and this country is doing that, or this is happening there. We're trying to make that better. But we tend to forget maybe the demographics of the Christians that are uh, persecuted. And you talk about the book of Acts there. One of the first home churches in, I'll say, Eurasia, was the young lady, the dye maker, that Paul encountered. She goes. When you read the when you read the history of that lady, she is pretty much the one that opened up her home for Paul and other missionaries in that area to come and have Bible
0: study, invite people to church, and share the gospel. Philippi, Lydia, what a great lady! And uh, she throws a kink in a lot of people's leadership style. Here, yes. she was the leader of the, of the gathering mm-hmm. there, and she had great influence. So, but when you talk about uh, the Christian women, they're the mothers too. So guess yeah. who suffers along? Right. Guess who suffers? If the mothers suffer, I know who else suffers. Mm-hmm. And that's the children.
2: Yeah, there's um, the women do have it. It's it's double, double hard for for Christian women under persecution. Um, I know of a, a lady who who uh, moved into our neighborhood there in, in Clarkson, Georgia, as a refugee from Iran. Uh, she's she's a Christian and she moved to the U.S. as a refugee because her husband uh, had been martyred in Iran mm-hmm. for spreading the gospel for for as an evangelist. And so, out of desperation, she had to remarry, uh, to you know help provide for her family. and uh, the man she remarried was also a Christian, although he was more um, as a baby Christian and didn't have a lot of discipleship. So we were coming along beside them and trying to disciple them. But uh, just to hear the hardship and the and the struggle that she and her family went through, Uh, because of that just really drives it home that women are uh, doubly persecuted.
0: And so when you hear these stories, Chris, Mm -hmm. you update them quite Quite often. Are there other countries or other uh, people that we need to be mindful of to pray for?
1: Yes. One of the names that's been in the news frequently for weeks now has been this Pastor Andrew Brunson that is now under house arrest or has been under house arrest in Turkey. He was actually imprisoned on charges that he was trying to, uh, he was part of some espionage, things like that, charges that he denies. The Trump administration believes them. They've worked tooth and nail for days now. Uh, weeks, really, to try to get him released. And there have been some claims that maybe that was why he was put on house arrest versus uh, he was kept in prison. But the Trump administration has announced uh, financial sanctions against two Turkish officials at this
0: point, but certainly are there are many more that are, that are connected with him being in prison. Right. right? Basically
1: the uh, basically think of like the um, the Justice Department head and the Secretary of State of Turkey, those individuals. And what the Trump administration has done is to try to make it hard for them to have money over here or have some investments over here, things like that. So they're trying to um, hit them in the wallet to try to help Pastor Andrew Brunson, but he's just one of many examples. When you go to onenewsnow.com, there are what I call tabs at the top of the page, and one of the tabs is persecution. So if you were to go to onenewsnow.com today or at any point in your convenience, you would see the various stories that we have filed for months. Um, going back months. Um, Bill Bumpus is one of our reporters that covers this, does a great job. And you'll see the various stories, including the pastor Andrew Bunsen that I just mentioned there, who is being persecuted for his faith. Now, he's been over there for decades. He has a, he has a heart uh, for the people of Turkey. He wants them to follow Christ, to hear about Christ, and he wants to stay over there and the Trump administration is trying to help him have the religious freedom. He was mentioned in the recent Ministerial for Religious Freedom, which our Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Vice President Pence appeared at, as well as Sam Brownback, who's now basically right. the ambassador for international religious freedom.
0: Nathan, Turkey's uh, an, an unusual place, and a, a, a place that's more severe in in persecuting Christians in Turkey is Syria. So we've had a lot of Syrian refugees go to Turkey, and what's happening there?
2: Yeah, so um, one thing, just kind of st- take a step back, is to understand there's kind of a, from two directions that persecution might come. Um, sometimes it's both. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's one or the other. Um, you have a typical, what you would say is governmental uh, persecution, where the laws of the land or the way that the laws are enforced specifically target and persecute Christians. And that's what we're kind of referring to, like in Turkey. That's that's been happening increasingly in the last few years. Uh, somewhere like North Korea and places like that. And then you might find another type of persecution where it's more grassroots, kind of local community-based, or maybe there's a a terrorist group or a um, a, a red, religious uh, uh, radical religious type group that's that's. Focusing on the Christians in their area, and they're persecuting them from that side. That would be like uh, more like in Syria, where ISIS would come in and, and, and try to take over areas where Christians were living. So, and then other places, you might have both combinations of things. Um, so sometimes it's from the government, sometimes it's from just regular people in in the area that persecution starts from. Uh, but in Turkey specifically, you know, last year or two, we've seen a lot uh, of. Western American Christian missionaries um, being deported and sent home, not allowed to come back into the country, a few imprisoned. Mm-hmm. I even have a friend there that had spent time, you know, small amount of time, but just being questioned in jail, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And praise God, they're still um, able to serve there. But, um, you know, the, uh, what's interesting with what happened in Syria is the refugees going into Turkey. Um, and f- not just from Syria, but from other places, uh, especially like Iran. There's a lot of Iranian Christians now as refugees in Turkey who are spreading the
0: gospel. And uh, people Why were there. Do you, do you, neither one of you make know this, but Iranian had more Christians than a lot of the other Middle East countries. Iran is, has
2: a large Christian population. Is that God just,
0: cause of what God has done in the past? Yeah, the, past the 70s
2: and 80s and continuing even up through this day, uh, God's just done. Incredible work in in Iran. Um, you know when God kind of puts His hand on a on a people, mm-hmm. you you see you know you see results, and sometimes that's underground for a while. That before we in the West can uh, you know comprehend and take note of it, like it happened in China, you know earlier. Um, and so it's happening
0: right now somewhere that we don't even know of, yeah. and the, that's the, what's exciting. The yeah. Great Awakenings that took place uh, early in America's history, they didn't know there was Great Awakenings until they had already happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so a lot of folks say, you know, what is God doing now? And uh, I I think is, well, other stories or anything else, Chris, that you would alert us to?
1: Well, something that I've really always kind of had on my heart when we talk about these things and you you hear them on the news is to pray about what you've heard on the news. Don't just hear it and think, okay, I've been informed. Maybe have a conversation with someone at work or wherever about what you heard in the news. Actually, you know, pray about what you're hearing. And, And after this program... Pray that these missionaries and the persecuted Christians would have it better. Have you know things would improve for them. Pray for our country's officials here that are trying to make life better for people not only in the U.S. but worldwide. Um, you know, I had a pastor point out to me one time at a missions conference: some people can go and be a missionary. Many people can pay, however much it might be, but all can pray. And so, everybody listening to this program, going forward, if you go to onenewsnow.com and you look at the persecution stories and all the other things that we cover on a daily basis, pray about those things. Um, again, you know, some people can go be a missionary, many of us can pay, but we can all pray about what we've heard, and we can all pray that maybe uh, we would find ways to help them ourselves, not just fund a government that is trying to make life better for them. So, that's you know, what i what
0: thought. would protect these Christians... Is something that Christians are not supposed to do, and that is keep it to themselves. You know, yeah. Okay, secret disciples. Mm -hmm. This story is in the Bible. Now, I think it's one of the most amazing stories, and it's it's missional in its purpose. Jesus said, "I must go through Samaria." We know that, and uh, he was by himself because he sent the apostles into town to get supplies. Now, if you look, got to read between the lines in the whole story. They had gone into town quote, unnoticed. They were keeping it to themselves. They were only going in for one purpose, to get supplies. They were not going to go in and let them know who they really Mm -hmm.
2: were. Yeah, they went into town like I went to school. The purpose was just to get out. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: the woman comes to the well, Mm -hmm. and Jesus comes. Comes to her and says, "Give me water to drink." And the conversation that goes on, I know. You know, she forgot her water pot. You know, she forgot her container and went into town and said, "Come see a man that told me everything I'd ever done." I I, I can't help but think. Look at the contrast. Yeah. <laughs> Here's these men who men first of all who've been trained by Jesus and walked with Jesus for a while. They go in there. They're, they're prejudiced, obviously, but they're also fearful, and they keep it to themselves. And here's this woman who is ashamed and has been isolated by herself, but God does such a work in her life that she said, come see this man. And the missional part is, what would <clears throat> keep these believers safe in all these countries is keeping silent and God says no you can't keep silent you got to share that you know mm-hmm. why God's relationship in our lives puts us at risk yeah. and and that's kind of contrary to what we've been taught in America because we've been taught you know uh you want the good life uh you know not mm-hmm. causing issues but here, these people have been taught in these countries to share their faith and to suffer the consequences.
2: Yeah, um, I want to say a name here. Some of our listeners will recognize the name. Maybe you've read his book or seen even the documentary, uh, "Insanity of God." But his name is Nick Ripkin. Nick Ripkin. And I just want to read a quote here from Nick. Nick, that um, he talks about persecution and, and meeting a lot of persecuted believers. And this is actually Nick is uh, quoting from a, a man in former Soviet union uh, who was persecuted under, under this in the Soviet union for uh, his faith in Christ. And this is, uh, I think his name was Dmitri. and what Dmitri said, he says, then he raised his voice in a prophet like challenge that I knew would live with me forever. Don't ever give up in freedom. What we would never give up in persecution. Mm-hmm. And what he's speaking of is the, the witness, the evangelizing, sharing the gospel. So often in in our freedom to do so, we don't share the gospel. And our brothers and sisters in Christ in persecution don't give that up. They go and share the gospel, and that's what brings on that persecution.
0: Yeah. Chris, when you look at these other stories in other countries, Mm -hmm. you have those, the ten most severe, but then you have like India and others that have pockets Yeah. uh, and you're talking about the double persecution from government and from the citizenry. We see that in the Book of Acts. Uh, my friend, Maurice Singh, who's been on this program and he ministers in India, he says right now, the gov- a lot of the government, they're local, they're pulling back the protection that they have given. in. in yeah. And so what's happening in mm-hmm. these countries where persecution takes place, their constitution gives freedom, but they don't carry out those laws. And so the citizenry that doesn't like them, they whether they be in Islamic or tribal mm-hmm. or whatever it like is in, in, like in India it's radical Hindus Radical Hindus right. they're coming and they they even kill, burn, do all the things to Christians, and the government lets it slide
1: yeah and and the amazing thing about that is there are still people that they go to church. Or they open up their Bible, they share things about Jesus, knowing it might be the last time they do it. And we have people that can't find a reason to go to church on a Sunday. (laughs) And it's so sad. Um, So, you know, when you pray, uh, not only for the persecuted Christians in other parts of the country, but pray that people here would, um, you know, live up to the gospel that we hear preached regularly uh, based on the freedoms that we have. Taking a look at just some of the domestic cases of persecution, we've heard a lot about the court cases involving people like Jack Phillips, the Baker in Colorado, that declined to design a same-sex wedding cake. He was taken to court. Supreme Court kind of ruled in his favor, saying lower courts had violated his religious freedom, but he's just one of many examples. There are some artists in Arizona that are in a similar dispute. Um, There's a, a florist in Washington state and a very similar dispute. And then, really, we have a whole host of monuments which might have crosses on them that the American Humanist Association, Freedom from Religion, those kinds of unbelievers are taking to court on a daily basis to try to get removed. And we're covering all those and we'll continue to cover all those Um, So pray for us that we can have the strength and be encouraged and continue keeping on doing what we're doing.
0: And again, the purpose is, you say, well, that doesn't sound severe. The whole idea is an unhindered gospel, and and it chips away a little by Mm -hmm. little by little. One of the saddest stories I think I've ever heard was during the Nazi, uh, you know, takeover of Europe. And uh, they would, especially the Jews, and uh, they would load the Jewish people after they had put them together in villages in the ghettos that they would call them, and they got tired of them being there, and it was the Jewish question. And they would load them, and they were taking them to, quote, work camps, mm-hmm. which was really death camps. And the uh, word was beginning to get out of what was really happening, but they were going, and especially when they had put them in the, quote, cattle cars, really cattle cars, and just packed in. Uh Eric Metaxas in the book Bonhoeffer talks about what would happen as on a Sunday when the churches in Germany were meeting that a railroad, you know, going close by there that was, you know, taking the Jewish people and others, there were Mm -hmm. others also involved taking them to these death camps, then they would see a church and they knew caring people were at churches and they would cry out and cry out. And Eric Metaxas said what churches would do, a lot of the churches there would do in place of listening to the cries when they were singing their hymns, in order not to hear the cries, they would sing louder. Hmm. That, you know, are, are we singing louder? Yeah. Not to hear the cries of those Christians that are in those 10 countries, and we want to repeat them before the... Hour uh, before the half hour is over because we want them people to get a pen and paper or whatever they can, or they can go to open doors and write it down. But I want to name them again. Okay, are we are we are we singing louder to ignore the cries of her, like you said, Nathan earlier, of her brothers and sisters in Christ who are being persecuted, who are dying, who are seeing their children isolated. We don't need to sing louder. We need to pray harder. We need to use whatever means we can to help them so that they have freedom, but also the unhindered gospel in these in these countries that are right now are being hurt. But as Nathan said, the power of the gospel is not stopped. And and I'm using this, and two or three of these things, people listen to exploring missions I hear all the time after World War Two. Uh, the underground church in China exploded, Chris. I mean, they exploded, and, and we didn't discover how many Christians there were until Richard Nixon began to make headways into opening China mm-hmm. up, and now we see it big that more Christians are probably in China than any other country in the world, including the United States. But during that period of time, after World War II, the United States had a great spiritual movement, too, especially in the area of missions, and, and so the church grew, Billy Graham's crusades were huge, and what would happen, though, in China, because it was underground and illegal, no missionaries went out from China. They are now, as I understand, but in the United States, there was a burst of missionary fervor like Mm -hmm. never before after World War II to send missionaries to around the world. MacArthur would tell them, send those missionaries to Japan, send them, and he recognized that That's the power of an unhindered gospel, and that's one of the reasons I believe. But I want you to give those 10 10 countries again. If you can write them down, write them down. The 10 countries where it is most
1: dangerous to follow Jesus are North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Sudan, Pakistan, Eritrea, Libya, Iraq, Yemen, and Iran.
0: Nathan, would you utter a 30-second prayer for these? Yeah.
2: Father, thank you for the freedom that you have given us to call on your name and to share with those around us about your good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. We pray for our brothers and sisters in these countries and other countries, Lord, that are going through persecution for your name. We pray that they will stand strong. We pray that you would comfort them and their families, provide for them and their families. And Lord, would you, uh, as they are even praying for us, would you allow us to follow in their footsteps of sharing Jesus with those around us. In your name we pray. Amen.